Hi, I'm Mark Chavez. I'm one of the hosts of Let's Make a, a comedy docuseries podcast about the creative process. Each season, my co-hosts, Ryan Beal, Maddie Kelly, and I, take on an artistic challenge and you follow our journey. In Let's Make a Sci-Fi, we wrote a science fiction TV pilot. In Let's Make a Rom-Com, we wrote a romantic comedy film. And on our latest season, Let's Make a Horror, we produced a horror short film. And when we run into trouble, we interview Hollywood experts. People who have worked on big things like The Blair Witch Project, The Office, Star Wars, Mamma Mia, and more. All three seasons of Let's Make a are available now, wherever you get your podcasts. This is a CBC Podcast. Hello and welcome back to the 16th season of Laugh Out Loud. I'm your host, Ali Hassan, and I hope you had yourself a wonderful summer full of great food and drink and minimal interaction with children, unless you enjoy that kind of thing. It turns out I might actually enjoy that kind of thing. I spent a lot of time with my kids this summer, and I really loved it. Pathetic! Well, I'm immersing myself back into work now, and my work is to bring you great comedy. And so, the first comedian we're going to play is someone who I'm always excited to perform with, She's a Juno-nominated stand-up comedian, television writer. She was a finalist on Canada's Got Talent, and we recorded her live in Perry Sound this summer. Here is Courtney Gilmore. Thank you. Thank you so much. Perry Sound, what's up? How are we? Amazing. Oh my gosh, thank you so much for having me. Thank you for coming out tonight. My name is Courtney. A little fun fact about me off the top, I am an amputee, okay? Where are my amputees at, Perry Sound? Let me hear ya. <laughs> Raise your eyebrows, huh? Roll up your sleeves, I just gotta check. I am a confident amputee. I was born like this. I was born missing hands. That's not an interesting story to tell people, you know? They always want a story when they ask what happened, you know? So I like to mix it up a little bit, you know? I like to tell people I slept funny. <laughs> you know? I slept a little weird, you know? Get yourself a Tempur-Pedic. It'll save your life, you know? <laughs> I was actually, uh, I live in Toronto now. I was born in a small town and I perform a lot in small towns. Anyone here from a small town? You guys are all here from here? Small towns? Yes. I love performing in small towns. And the thing is about having a disability in a small town, it's amazing. I feel, I feel very welcomed in a small town because I know that at any given time of day in a small town, I am never the weirdest thing anyone's ever seen. You know what I mean? Right? Paris Sound, you know, every small town knows some weird guy who lives down by the river. He's missing fingers, okay? They call him Table Saw Timmy, and they love him. They love him. He's probably here tonight. Table Saw Timmy is here tonight. The two of us will be backstage after the show signing autographs with our teeth. Uh, love it. No, it's, uh, it's a great life. I hear The thing is, you know, not having hands, it's not so bad at all. I think that, um, you know, it's important to have a healthy self-esteem and confidence and really own it. I truly believe in that and just living your life and making whatever you have work. And, uh, you know, you want to know an example. You want to know how confident I am as an amputee, okay? My New Year's resolution this year, fewer limbs. Who cares? Take my head, take my head, I'll make it work. I'll make it a look, you know? <laughs> no, there are advantages. There are advantages to not having hands. One of them being, uh, I never have to get coffee for a bunch of people. 
you know? It's a great life. I never have to do it, you know? Five or six hot coffees in the tray, never seen them, no. <laughs> Solo coffee here on out, you know? And I, you know, like, I, can I do it? Yes. But who's gonna ask? <laughs> you know? Who wants to be that guy? You know, the office coffee run? You make the girl with no hands go out to Tim Hortons? Pick up eight espressos for the whole office? No, you're not doing that. <laughs> you know, then it's awkward. I get up to the cashier, pay for the coffee. I start asking for sleeves. It gets confusing. <laughs> One of my favorite things, though, is watching people witness me in real time because, you know, when I, most of my friends and family, they know I can do everything. I'm a very independent person, you know, and that's great for me. But when I'm out and about, strangers don't know what I'm capable of, you know? And one thing I love uh, about staying in hotels as a comic is I love the free breakfast. We love the free breakfast, right? Like, one of my, yes, it's amazing. You gotta get in on it. And uh, so I was, at, I was at a hotel last week. I got up early. I go for the free breakfast. I decide today's the day I'm gonna make myself a nice hot waffle in the waffle iron, you know, right? So I'm in the kitchen area making hot waffles in the waffle iron. I'm about to get started. There's a hotel guy on staff watching me. I've never seen a man so terrified in his life. <laughs> the look of terror in this man's eyes, you know? I got a hot, I got a cup of hot batter, two nubs just holding the hot batter. I'm about to pour it in and he's like, this chick is crazy. She is crazy. What is she gonna do? I pour it in, you know, you gotta get each hole each waffle thing. But the hard part, if you've used a waffle iron, the hard part is you gotta flip it, right? You wait for the batter, you gotta flip it. It's heavy, it's heavy, you know? So this guy's just absolutely on the edge of his seat. Is she gonna flip it? Is she gonna flip the waffle iron? But I could see the concern on his face as I was about to flip the waffle. So just to be kind as a courtesy, I look at him and I go, don't worry, I've done this before. And he's looking at me like, girl, that's why I'm worried. <laughs> you know, you can't blame him. You can't blame him. He didn't know. <laughs> a lot of people, uh, a lot of people are talking about, you know, nepotism babies in our culture. You know, nepo kids, kids who were born into wealth and privilege, you know, rich kids. And now as adults, they expect preferential treatment, right? That's like a problem in our society, rich kids who expect things out of entitlement. Now, I'm not, I wasn't a nepo baby, but I do relate to the experience a little bit, only because when I was growing up, when I was a kid, my parents, whenever they took us to restaurants, they would take me to restaurants coffee shops and everything, strangers would come up to me. They would see me, little, little girl, no hands. And for whatever reason, they would just give me money, okay? Yes, they would slide a 20 in my diaper, okay? You guys feel weird about this. It got me through college, okay? <laughs> University of Windsor, but we take what we can get, okay? <laughs> 
But this happens so often. It happens so often, strangers giving me 20 bucks randomly everywhere we went, that I actually have childhood memories of people doing this. I actually have childhood memories of just random strangers giving me 20 bucks. Isn't that crazy? That's such a crazy thing. And now it's just like so ingrained in my head. It's just like so ingrained in my head that even now, as an adult, after a show, if a stranger comes up to me after a show, just instinctively, I open my purse, okay? <laughs> it's a reflex. I open my purse. I'm like, I also take PayPal, okay? <laughs> I, uh, I post videos of my stand-up on TikTok and Instagram, you know, and uh, so people can, can see my stand-up. And usually it gets pretty good response, pretty positive response. But every now and then, you know, a troll will come into the comment section and he'll say something negative. And usually the common pattern is a guy will say something like, oh, she's not funny. She's not really funny. She's just getting pity laughs, you know? She's just getting pity laughs. People feel bad for her. That's why they're laughing. Listen. I want you to know tonight, CBC Laugh Out Loud, please, if you don't find me funny, do not give me pity laughs, okay? Just send me 20 bucks after the show, <laughs> and we're good, and we're even, right? I don't care. <laughs> Times are tough. I need that not funny money, baby, okay? <laughs> Gotta thrive on that. I, um... I like to, uh, you know, it is true though, times are tough in this economy and I believe personally in, you know, tipping, tipping staff generously, that's something I, I believe in. And uh, I go out to eat a lot and, you know, did you ever have a server though who uh, shows their true colors after the tip? Anyone? <laughs> yes. Anyone like that? I had a, I went out to eat recently and I was having a great experience. The server was awesome. She was attentive. She was friendly. She was just killing it. She was being amazing. So I clocked it in my head. I'm like, I'm going to tip this girl so well. Okay. So the check comes, the pr receipt is printing. As the receipt is printing, she points to my arms and she goes, whoa, what happened? Was that an accident? And I was like, no, but tipping you was, <laughs> you know? That was a crazy thing to say, but you know what? I didn't, she said, you know, I didn't make a fuss. I didn't cause drama or a scene. I'm gonna take the mature, classy approach now, okay? I'm gonna leave a Google review, okay? I'm gonna leave a Google review. A Google review with just a picture of me and my arms. A picture of me and my arms, I'm gonna be like, I went to this restaurant last week, don't go here. I had an accident. I had an accident, zero stars. <laughs> I do like going out for, I, I don't know, I'm trying to, I, live, I do live in Toronto now and I'm trying to be better about going out more, being more social, mixing and mingling, you know? My problem is it's very hard because I'm very lazy. I'm a lazy girl. I'm just embracing my laziness. You know, I think maybe the pandemic kind of contributed to that, but since then it's just gotten worse. Um, here's how I know I've reached peak laziness in my life. Do you guys ever add, do you guys ever add an extra 10 seconds to the microwave just so that you can get the bowl to rotate closer to you? <laughs> <laughs> That's where I'm at. That's where I'm at, baby, okay? That's how lazy I am. The mac and cheese ends up on the other side of the microwave. Oh, hell no. We're giving her another spin, okay? Going for another ride. If it ends up on the other side twice, Uber Eats. That's just what's happening. 
<laughs> I am trying to date though. The thing is, like, it's, it's a little bit difficult for me because, you know, I, first of all, I believe in having a healthy self-esteem, as I said before, but I live in a very beautiful city, you know, beautiful people. I think I'm beautiful too, but the thing is, you need to know where you rank on the scale, you know? If you're gonna be out mixing and mingling data, you gotta know where you are on the scale. Like, for me, I think I'm, I think I'm hot enough to pull Pete Davidson, but, like, not hot enough to sell real estate in Toronto. Do you know? <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> But, uh, but I'm a short girl. I'm a very short girl, okay? I'm five foot one, okay? So here's the dating dilemma, you know? No hands, five foot one. At this point in my life, I can't tell if I'm really looking for love or if I'm just looking for extra help around the house, you know? <laughs> I think I just need a guy to come over to my apartment, put my hair in a ponytail, reach a few things from the cupboard, and then get the hell out, you know? That's it, that's all I want, you know? I know, I love it, I love a helper, you know? That's why I get so pumped up when I bring a guy back to my house after a, a date. When I, bring him, when I invite him inside, are you kidding? In my house, I'm like, oh my God, it's happening. That milk carton is getting open tonight. <laughs> Hell yeah. Okay, yeah, yes, you gotta do it. In my, where I go, in my house, you know, you don't have hands. As soon as the milk starts to expire, that's when you download Tinder, okay? That's what you gotta do. I'll, uh, I'll leave you on this. Uh, for any of you uh, who are out there looking for love like myself, uh, I actually had one dating tip that truly transformed my whole life. It's a game changer, okay? I highly recommend this. If you gotta value yourself, you know, when you put yourself out there, if you're looking for something healthy, here's the tip. I'm gonna give it to you as a gift tonight, okay? If you're single, looking for love, this is what you gotta do, okay? Find someone who looks at you <laughs> you know? <laughs> that's a good start, you know? If you're looking, that's part of it. Thank you so much. I'm Courtney Gilmore. Enjoy the rest of your show. Thank you. Value yourself. That was some solid advice from Courtney Gilmore. Do yourself a favor and check out the Instagram or TikTok profile she mentioned or her website, CourtneyGilmore.com. One quick announcement today, folks in the Toronto area, on Wednesday, October 11th, Accent on Toronto is back, the lineup is terrific, and the tickets are on sale now. And this show sells out every year, so head to the Danforth Music Hall's website, thedanforth.com, to reserve your seats. Sometimes, when the moment is right and the sparks fly, dating can be magic. But even the most romantic connection can get a little awkward. And the dog's kind of watching us at this point, and so it started to lick my ear. True Dating Stories is the new CBC podcast that explores the messy corners of romance. Real-life tales told by the people who live them. I'm tied up on this dude's bed, and there's nobody around to help. True Dating Stories is available from CBC Listen or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, let's get back to our show. This performer is a terrific comic with a very high energy, so buckle in. He hails from PEI, but we recorded him in St. John, New Brunswick this past spring. Here is Dan Hendricken. 
Hey everybody, I'm Dan. Hi, couple people. Yeah, sold out show, only a couple highs. All right. Make me earn it, I like that. Nothing easy, loves that. All right, here we go. Daddy's turn. I'm daddy. Next 15 minutes, daddy's daddy. Got it? Great, let's go. Joke number one. Daddy numbers his jokes, that's why you know where you're at. You're welcome. Joke number one. I said my name is Dan. Uh, I have a bad back. Front's not great either. All right, here we go, come on! Joke number two. Took the red eye here. It's what I call the bus when I'm stoned. Right, we're off to the races now. Joke three. Come from a very strong stock of men. Uh, my great-grandfather actually fought in the war. Uh, fun fact about him, actually fought on both sides. Yeah, uh, not a double agent, just not a very good shot. All right, come on, here we go. <laughs> Moving on. I am not tough. I'm not a strong man, I would say. Uh, for example, I was reading the other day about this guy named Felix Baumgartner. I don't know if you know who he is. Uh, he's an Austrian daredevil. A few years ago, he went up in an air balloon, right? Went up about 40 kilometers into the sky. Just tickling space, this fellow was, right? And what buddy do? What buddy decide to do at 40 Ks in the sky? Do a little pop over off the side. That's what he did. And then he fell so fast, his body falling broke the speed barrier. Yeah? That is impressive. Yeah? I'm not that tough. Uh, the other day I was on Google Maps, I zoomed in too fast, vomited all over my computer. <laughs> It's not tough like that, you know? I don't know. I don't know why I'm not tough. I got some guesses, you know? <laughs> I think one of the reasons I'm not tough is, I don't know if you guys noticed this, um, but uh, in the last few years, a big part of the news has been, hey, remember, remember that guy you really lucked up to when you were a kid, when you were growing up? Remember that person that was a mentor of yours? Well they're, well, they're a complete friggin' turd is what they are. That's a huge part of the news. You like this person? Yeah, they're a piece of, they're a piece of turd is what they are. Uh, I don't know if you've seen this one, the straw that broke camel's back for me. I don't know if you heard this one, uh, but Jeffrey Epstein. He's one of the biggest turds there is. Yeah. Growing up, he was my favorite financier. Had the poster on the wall, the signed abacus. What am I gonna do with this stuff now? <laughs> it's one of the main reasons I don't like watching the news really anymore. I don't like watching the news. The other reason I don't like watching the news is every time there's like a big violent act or whatever, every time there's a big violent scene, usually down in the States, uh, what they do is they blame a friend of mine. They don't even see it, they're like, oh, oh, these kids. All these kids are playing all these violent video games, right? And then they're going out into the world and acting out these things, you know? And I kind of take that personally because I play a lot of violent video games and not a, I am not a violent person, you know? I'm pretty much just like a golden retriever of a human being. That's my general vibe. 
Got a lot of blonde hair and happy to be here mostly is my kind of whole thing. But then when I look back, when I think back to my childhood, my two favorite things in the entire world growing up, <laughs> video game wise, <laughs> was Mario. Mario is my favorite video game. And now that I'm an adult, my two favorite things are driving go-karts and doing mushrooms. So I do not know anymore. going good, having a good time. Honestly, I was a little scared getting up here, uh, mostly because I am quite hungover. Not feeling my best right now. Uh, I kind of had to go out though last night. Uh, two of my best friends from childhood, uh, they were in town and uh, I wanted to go out, show them a good time, right? So I went out, had a few drinks. Uh, oddly enough though, they're, uh, they're a set of twins. Even to this day, I cannot tell them apart. Yeah, drives them up the friggin' wall. They say the same thing to me every time, though. They're like, Dan, for the last time, I'm Steven, this is Deborah. <laughs> uh, last year, one of my best friends actually was, he was dealing with an addiction. Uh, he was addicted to sausages. Uh, yeah, uh, he was doing really good there, but uh, over the holidays, he actually took a turn for the worst. Just laugh and clap, it's radio guys. They don't have to see your faces, there we go. Ooh. There we go. If you're in your car right now, know that I am crushing. Eyes on the road. Uh, joke 11 or 12, I don't know where I'm at. Been a big few years for a lot of people, for everybody pretty much, you know, we've all been going through it, I get that. But it's been a big time for everybody, so everybody learned a lot about themselves, I feel like, you know. Uh, the biggest thing I think that I've learned in the last few years is I hate the board game clue. <laughs> it's one of the things I feel most strongly about, is my hatred towards the board game clue. Have a great evening, everybody. <laughs> no, 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 I'll tell you. Reason number one. Yes, there are multiple reasons, and I do a lot of numbers in my set. <laughs> Math teacher's over there, you gotta love it. <laughs> Reason number one. In the board game clue, you are tasked with solving a brutal murder. Recommended ages, five and up. <laughs> I don't know about you guys when you were sank years old, but I was not ready to become a hardened detective. I was quite actively trying to learn how to read and not pee my bed every single night. That was my job and it was 40 hours a week. Reason number two, I hate the board game clue. In the board game clue, everyone you can accuse of being a murderer is white. Boring. If I was gonna remake the board game clue, I'd throw one black fellow in there just to suss out racists in my friend group. Everybody your cards? Everybody got your pieces? Anybody need a drink? All right, cool. You got the dice, why don't you go first? I know who it was! It was Jerome! And you're like, all right, easy. 
First of all, I think you're actually referring to the, to the character named Evan. That's right, guys. This imaginary racist didn't even get the black fellow's name right. What a racist. Reason number three. I hate the board game Clue. And final reason. In the board game Clue, there's a bunch of different murder weapons you can accuse the murderer of using, right? And they're all great. I assume I, personally, have not killed anyone before. Any murderers here tonight? <laughs> Listen, you guys laugh, but I catch the odd one, you know? <laughs> There's been plenty of murderers at the comedy shows I do, and they're not paying attention. You say, what do you say? Murders? Oh, jeez. Oh, no. <laughs> Got me. Now, there's a bunch of great murder weapons you can accuse the murderer of using, but there is one, one that literally keeps me up at night, and that is the murder weapon of the candlestick. Exactly. That does not make a lick of sense. The only way I can assume that went in is they were having a meeting, and the meeting was called Murder Weapons. And it's like, all right, folks, all we have to do today is think of six murder weapons. What an absolute joke. We're going to be done by lunch, bud. Okay? I'm going to write them here on the board. You guys yell them out. And they're like, all right, great. And they're like, gun, knife, poison. Like, these are great. Keep it up. And then one guy in the back of the room was like, candlestick. <laughs> And everyone goes, gee, Jerry. I know you're going through a divorce, big fellow, but that is messed up. <laughs> and they had to put it in the game because they were terrified of Jerry. <laughs> they had to put it in the game, but it doesn't make any sense. Because guess what? If we were all in a mansion together and one person killed another person with a candlestick, it wouldn't be a mystery. We'd all just be hanging out in the kitchen and be like, hey, did you guys hear a steady rhythmic thumping coming from the library? Do you think someone's trying to hang a hundred tiny little pictures upstairs? Maybe they're playing electric dance music with too much bass. Let's go check. We'd all link arms, go up to the bibliotheque, open the door. Oh my God, Evan, what are you doing? Because <laughs> it was the black fella. It's gonna happen every once in a while. One in six chance, it's not racist, it's stats. Moving on. Oh, there's a snort, that's good. How'd you do, got a snort, it's pretty good. How'd the set go, son? Two snorts, dad, thank you very much. You were right to quit school. Thank you very much. <laughs> oh, the game of Clue, it's a good game. I just want to update it. I want to make it a little bit more relatable to me. That's all I want to do, you know? I just want to make a new board game. It's going to be called Millennial Clue. I think it's going to be better for me personally. It's just going to sound a little bit different. It's going to be like, ooh, ooh, I think I know who the murderer was. I think the murderer was the craft brewer at the thrift store with a kettlebell. Oh. oh my goodness, what a good guess. 
All right, let's see who it was. Nope, it was the hot yoga instructor at the farmer's market with gluten. What a great way to kill a millennial with gluten. Thank you guys so much. That was Dan Hendrickson. You can visit him on Instagram at Dan Hendrickson. And you can find his debut album, Last Call, everywhere else online. And that is our show. My thanks today to Chris Pettinger and the Stocky Center in Perry Sound and Julie Tower and Punchlines Comedy Club in St. John. Thanks also to our sound engineers, Kyle Kudasevich, Roberto Capretta, and Pat Martin. And a special thanks to my producer, Lee Pitts. And thank you for listening to Laugh Out Loud on CBC Radio 1. My name is Ali Hassan. I'll see you back here real soon. For more CBC Podcasts, go to cbc.ca slash podcasts.